Once again, good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. We welcome you back to the conclusion of the series entitled The Good Shepherd. We began this series a number of weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago, and we are concluding that today. And so we've been looking and, and taking a pretty good look at Psalm 23, where the psalmist King David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. So if he's saying that the Lord is his shepherd, what does that make you and I? Say it out loud. Sheep. As we mentioned, we, we covered a little bit earlier, sheep aren't necessarily the most dynamic of animals, right? If we were to, to say, hey, what's your favorite animal? For most people, sheep would probably not be high on the list. I mean, dogs and cats, because we have them as pets, you know, lions and tigers are, are kind, of, kind of fearsome and, and scary, and, and they get a lot of billing, uh, elephants and, and giraffes and, and some of those, uh, zebras, uh, maybe some of the more exotic animals get some play. Uh, but, but typically, sheep are not towards uh, the top of the list. In fact, if you take a look at sports teams, uh, we had high school sports, high school football starting a, a week ago, college football starting this past week, and go look at the college and even professional team mascots. How many of them have sheep for their mascots? Now, I've not looked at every college. I've not looked at every high school in America. But I'd be hard-pressed to find someone that has sheep as their high school or college mascot. I mean, there's all kinds of animals. I mean, rams, they're, they're, they're certainly more fearsome, and they've, they've got the horns. There's even that team up north with those weasel. I mean, wolverines. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of animals, but they're usually more of the fierce and strong animals, not so much when it comes to sheep. So David writes, the Lord is my shepherd, and on and on throughout this chapter, and we've been, we've been looking at that in depth. If you missed any of those, you can find us online, algerag.com, download or listen to any of those. But we've gone through where David writes about the Lord being his shepherd, and he's saying then that, that he and I and we, we are his sheep. Not necessarily mentioned as his rams or his, his lions or his tigers or his giraffes. He says, in a sense, we are his sheep, the sheep of his pasture. So we began by looking at some lessons from the author. We, we looked at a little bit of the life of David and King David as he became king, was placed in that leadership role. And we looked at some lessons for you and I. Then we jumped in verse by verse all the way through verses 1 through 6 here in Psalm 23. So we've gone from the Lord is my shepherd all the way down last week to surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this morning we're, we're going to kind of put a bow on this. We're going to kind of wrap up and finish this series, The Good Shepherd, and we're going to be jumping over to the New Testament. David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus Christ himself, in John chapter 10, writes about him, speaks about him as the Good Shepherd. So I invite you to turn with me, John chapter 10. 
as we take a look at these first number of verses in the chapter and discover some facts about Jesus as our good shepherd. King David in the Psalms, he writes, The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus himself says that he is our good shepherd. And we see how this lines up directly with what we've just spent a number of weeks studying. Psalm 23. So this morning, John chapter 10, beginning in verse 1. All of this in red letters. This is Jesus speaking and teaching. He says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Verse 4, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And what he speaks about, what he teaches about, lines up exactly with what David has written about as he says, the Lord is my shepherd. This morning, the conclusion of our series, we see Jesus, the good shepherd. First of all, what does Jesus, the good shepherd, do? Jesus, the good shepherd, leads In Psalm 23, verse 2, we saw David write, He leads me beside still waters. And in the next verse, verse 3, it says, He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. See, when we seek after God, He reveals Himself to us, and He says He will lead us and guide us. In this particular chapter, John 10, Jesus himself said that the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. You know, it's the difference of a shepherd with sheep and maybe cattle being led by the, the farmer or the, the ranch hand. Cattle are driven. 
cattle, you, you might need to get on, uh, on a, a horse behind them, and you're kind of driving them in front of you to get them to go where you want. But Jesus speaks about, in John chapter 10, that the shepherd goes before, and he leads them. The sheep follow the shepherd. Why? Because the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. He will lead us. He will guide us. He goes before. Aren't you thankful that Jesus goes before you and I? He, he encounters all of the things of life that you and I will experience, and he is able to lead us. He leads the way. You ever been someplace, uh, for some of you, maybe it's just getting back into your house at night, and you forgot to leave any lights on? And maybe, maybe you, you nudge your spouse, or maybe you know, your child nudges you and says, uh, you go first, right? Because you're not sure what you're going to face. It, it, you think it's the, the boogeyman, you know, it's, it's the darkness, and, and who knows what could be in there? There's no lights. You can't see anything. You want somebody to go first. You want somebody to go in front of you and lead the way. So you nudge the person that, that you think's got the most uh, courage, and, and they're going to go in and unlock the door and flip some lights and kind of look around, grab a baseball bat if need be, right? Be careful, being cautious. Jesus goes before us. Jesus leads the way. And it says that his sheep, you and I, as his sheep, will follow after his voice. Now, I've never heard God's audible voice. I've never heard his voice speak as I'm speaking to you today. But yet I have heard and sensed God speaking very clearly. He speaks sometimes audibly. We see in Scripture many times he has done that. But he speaks to us through his word in the Bible. He speaks to us through prayer. He speaks and, and guides and leads through circumstances and through others. God uses many different things to be able to lead us and guide us. How many times have you been reading God's word? And you can grab a Bible reading guide. We've got those in the foyer. You can grab a God's word for today, a devotional. Those are in the foyer and sometimes, maybe you're just reading a, a regular guide. You're, you're following a plan. You're trying to read through the Bible in a year plan, or you're following a devotional plan. And as you're reading that, you come across a verse, and it just hits you where you are. Anybody ever experienced that? Probably more than once. And you're thinking, how in the world? I mean, this, this devotional was printed months, maybe even years in advance. This Bible reading guide was, was made up, and, and I grabbed one of these at the beginning of the year. In fact, I'm behind. Or you say, well, I'm ahead. I'm not even reading what I'm supposed to be reading for today. And yet, when I read God's Word, it's exactly what I need for my life. God is able to speak to us through his word. He's able to speak to our hearts in prayer. As we, as we pray, hopefully we can also listen. As he sometimes nudges our hearts to lead and to guide and to direct us. God speaks sometimes in, in multiple ways. 
But he says that his sheep will know his voice. You've got to get to know God's voice. If you're not sure that God's speaking to you, if you're not sure what God's saying, then number one, maybe you truly don't know him as Lord and Savior. Or number two, maybe you've just not spent as much time as you need to with him. The more time we spend with somebody, the more we get to know them, the more we get to know their voice, the more we get to know about them. Let us spend time with God. He's going to lead us as the good shepherd. Now, it says that the shepherd leads the sheep. He's not from behind with the cattle prod. He's not behind kind of whacking us forward. He is out in front. He is leading us. And as he speaks, his sheep will follow him. Here's the powerful, about, powerful thing about him. If we are part of his sheep, he knows us. He calls us by name. Aren't you thankful that God knows who you are? You say, wait a minute. We're in Alger, Alger Assembly of God. God knows me. God knows where I am. Yes. You might be out and about in other regions of the state, and they say, where are you from? And you say, Alger, Ada, McGuffey, Herod, Dunkirk, Dola, whatever the case might be, and they say, where is that? Maybe you run into that. People not knowing exactly where you are. Here's the thing with God. He knows exactly where we are. He calls us by name. As a good shepherd, he knows everything about his sheep. Maybe you have had a, a litter of kittens or you've had a, a whole bunch of puppies. I'm not, litter of kittens, what are the puppies called? Bunch. Are they litter as well? Okay. Whatever. But yeah, a whole bunch of kittens or you had a whole bunch of puppies, whatever the case is, they're all in a box or they're all in a cage or they're all in you know, some, some kind of fenced-in area. They might look similar, but to someone from the outside, they would have no clue. We had, we had somebody in, in my high school years that had a whole ton of cats, and, and to me, I couldn't tell them apart. I was trying my best. I was, I was trying to find colors. I was trying to find some different things. And then, boom, they could just say, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. For you and I, those are not our cats or those are not our dogs. It's a little hard to, to distinguish. Even sometimes when it comes to uh, people. There's a uh, popular show out on TLC. It's called Outdaughtered. And it's a, a couple, they got one, one little girl, and then they found out uh, they were expecting again, and, and it ended up being uh, quintuplets, five girls, identical twin, uh, not twins, but identical girls, five. Now, me from the outside, and I've watched with uh, the family a little bit, me from the outside, the only one I can tell apart is Hazel, because she's got a little something with her, with her eyes, she's, she's two words glasses. Okay, the other four, if I'm watching that, you know, they, they've got all of these names on their beds and all these names on their stuff, and, and they're, you know, their kids are just roaming and, and running around. I have no clue who they are. Why? They're not mine. But if those were your kids, you would pick up on the, the most imperceptible difference, right? 
the, the slightest dimple in someone's face, the exact shade of hair coloring. You would pick up on that teeny little wine that one of them has. Whatever the case is, you distinguish them so specifically. I look at that, and, and as I watch a show like that, here's my thought. I'm thinking, how in the world do they keep them apart? And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, did, did baby number one end up getting into baby number three's bed? And, you know, like, did they get mixed up somewhere along the way as they get to school? I mean, how do you keep them straight? Mom and dad knows. Here's the thing. A good shepherd is going to know their sheep. I've never been a shepherd. I only have one dog, and I know his name. But a good shepherd is going to know the sheep. He, he's going to know whether this one's got a little droopy eye, whether this one had a little chunk nibbled or bitten out of his ear. He's going to know everything about that sheep that is a part of his flock. And Jesus, as the good shepherd, knows everything about you and knows everything about me. He leads us. He calls us by name. He knows everything about us. He is a personal and a relational God. Aren't you thankful that he's a personal God? Because in today's day and age, as we continue moving farther, farther forward, sometimes do you ever feel like a number you go somewhere, and they ask for your social security number. So you got to rattle that off. You go someplace else, they need to see your driver's license number because that's an official piece of material. You go someplace else, and they're asking for your cell phone number or your address, or you go to the pump, and what's your zip code? And it doesn't go through. You've got to type in your credit card number. And what are the three digits on the back after they ask you for the expiration date, right? Numbers, numbers, digits, digits, and you feel like you're just a number. You're not just the number from the deli counter. You're not just the number from the DMV counter, right? He knows you, and he knows me. He leads us. He calls us. We hear his voice and follow. It's pretty powerful. When somebody calls you by name, don't you enjoy that? I mean, many people and most people, you know, if somebody within earshot it's kind of speaking in your direction. They go, hey, you. Most of us would probably turn around. But how much better when we hear our name, whatever that might be and whoever that might be from. When, you, when I might hear someone who says pastor or pastor Mark or, or Mark or, or to hear daddy, honey, coming from the kids or coming from my wife, Kim, whatever that case might be, when you hear your name personally, it's pretty powerful. And we have an incredible good shepherd. Jesus, as the good shepherd, he leads. And then we're, we're to follow. The incredible thing is he knows everything about us, and he still loves us. Turn to the person next to you and just smile. And then tell them this. Say, God knows everything about you, and he loves you anyway. 
Some big smiles going on. That's good news. Because sometimes we're worried, what, what if somebody knows this about me? If they know this about my past, or they know this about my present, or I can't do this, or I can't do that, or I, I did do this. God knows everything about us. He leads us. He guides us. He calls us by name. He loves us even in the midst of it. Many of you here this morning, you're needing some wisdom. You're needing some direction. You're needing some guidance. You are needing a shepherd to lead you forward. David wrote, and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Jesus himself spoke in John 10. He said, I am the shepherd. I'm the good shepherd. Turn to him and allow him to lead you, allow him to guide you, allow him to direct you. So Jesus, the good shepherd, leads. Secondly, Jesus, the good shepherd, provides. In Psalm 23, David says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Ah, we like that part. I shall not want. In other words, uh, we put it in parentheses and we put our own spin on things. What we, what we really think he says is, the Lord is my shepherd, I get everything I want. It's not exactly the, the mentality he was going for. He said, I shall not want. In the end, what's it saying? It's saying that he provides. Verse 2, it says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. So he, he supplies, he provides. Uh, I'm, I'm next to still waters. I'm in the green pastures. I'm told that sheep need several things. They need to be well-fed. That's positive. We like to be well-fed too. They need to get along. That's important. We need to get along too. And they need to feel safe. Those are, those are three pretty good things that sheep need that you and I tend to like as well. Being well-fed, getting along, and feeling safe. So what does the good shepherd do? The good shepherd is going to lead. The shepherd's going to guide and direct and, and with his voice call out the sheep will follow. And he's going to bring us the right place where he can provide the pasture that's needed, the still waters that are needed, allow us to eat and be full. It's going to help the sheep to get along, going to help them to feel safe and secure. Later in Psalm 23, David writes that he restores my soul. He's a provider. It's not just that God is able to, to meet physical needs, and, and we know that God can heal our bodies. We've prayed for some of these physical needs, surgeries and, and illnesses and, and many different things. We've prayed for provision. God, would you heal? God's able to heal. God's able to provide healing in our bodies. But it's not just about the physical. We say, well, God, help me uh, to, to know you. Help me to grow in my spiritual walk with you. Yes, God can help physically. God can help spiritually. God can also provide relationally. God can provide peace and comfort to our hearts, our souls, our lives. Sometimes it seems as if everything looks good on the outside, but on the inside, it's not going so well. Ever had one of those moments? Ever had one of those 
days, weeks, months, or years. Maybe you've seen some people, right? Because sometimes we're pretty, pretty good at fooling people. And you look at people and they feel like it looks like everything is together, but in their perspective, their world is crumbling. We serve a God. Jesus, as the good shepherd, is not just one who can lead and guide us. It's one that is able to provide. When you turn around and it seems as if everything that could be shaken is shaken in your world, he's able to come and provide stability and strength and comfort and help and protection and provision. There can be a supernatural peace that he is at work providing what is needed. Jesus said, as the good shepherd, he is here to lead. He is here to provide. Thirdly, Jesus, the good shepherd, corrects. Now, let's just be honest. This is not our favorite quality of the good shepherd. How many of you love to be corrected? As a child, how many of you just could not wait to do something wrong so maybe dad could get out the switch or the belt or just the good old hand for a spanking? I don't see any, I don't see any volunteers or hands saying, yes, I, I remember loving that. I don't think at any age, as children, as young adults, as adults, none of us like correction. Why? Well, first of all, we don't think we need it, right? I mean, turn to your neighbor. This, this is the one that, uh, you know, you said, God knows everything about you, but he still loves you. Turn to your neighbor and say, you probably think you're always right, don't you? And he'll probably say the same thing back to you. I mean, that's, that's typically what happens in our life. We think we are always right. We don't need to be corrected. So right off the bat, we don't feel like we need. We don't think that we need. But when correction comes, we tend to not receive it well. The good news is we serve a God, and Jesus is a, as the good shepherd. He's here to correct us and guide and direct us in, in that right direction. Job writes about this in Job chapter 5, verses 17 and 18. He said, Blessed is the one whom God corrects, and do not despise the discipline of the Almighty. Blessed is the one God corrects. Don't despise correction. Don't despise discipline. Now, right now, I'm, I'm, I'm reading your minds. <laughs> Uh-oh. Okay, maybe not all of your minds. But I'm reading your minds, and right now, typically what you're thinking, or at least what nobody is thinking, not one person here is saying, I can't wait to be disciplined. I can't wait to be corrected. Woohoo! Give me more. That's not us. We don't like, we don't want the correction. We don't think that we need it because we think we're right. But here's the good news. He loves us enough to correct us. If you're a parent, if you're a grandparent, have you had to have some times of correction? And 
And now for many of you uh, who were on the maybe the receiving end of, of some kind of a punishment or some kind of a correction, and, and what did parents often say? This was the classic number one phrase, right? It's going to hurt me more than it hurts you. Oh, as a child, if you heard your parents say that, how many of you thought your parents were just lying up a storm? Yeah, don't do it. He said, if it's going to hurt you more, then just stop. Mom, Dad, I don't want you to be hurt, so please. Now, as a child, we couldn't fathom that. I mean, we would be on the receiving end of that, of that spanking or of that discipline or whatever that correction might be. And there's a number of different things that maybe we've received. Now, for many who are parents and, and have gone through that, maybe even as grandparents with, with multiple generations, what you understand is you don't like to see your child or your grandchild uh, go through that period or that process of correction but you understand that it's necessary. You understand that it ultimately is for their good. In some cases, it's to guide them or direct them or keep them from some bad choices or bad decisions. In some cases, it's for safety's sake. There's a whole host of reasons. And so as a parent, as a grandparent, you're saying, because of these decisions, because I want the very best for you, I love you enough In some cases, I'm going to say no. And in some cases, I'm going to guide and correct. And in some cases, that's what Jesus does to us. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 11 reads like this. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Stop right there. How many of you ever had discipline and just lit up with a big smile and said, Woohoo! Thanks, Mom and Dad! This is pleasant. Thanks for grounding me. Thanks for taking away the car. Thanks for taking away the phone. Thanks for taking away the video games. Thanks. No, probably not. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Particularly if you were experiencing the belt or the spanking. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. He's saying, at times, there's discipline. You're headed maybe in the wrong direction, and he's going to lovingly come alongside and correct, try to get us back on course. We might like that. We might not like that nudging and that correction to get back on course. In the immediate, it's not something that we enjoy. But later on, we will see how that is beneficial as the good shepherd will correct us. Sometimes consequences are allowed. Maybe some of you have done that with with your children. Maybe you didn't step in and discipline. You just simply let things go as they were and you allowed them to experience the consequences on their own and allow those consequences to be kind of a sense of teaching. Whatever the case might be, and and however we experienced correction, it's not fun, jolly times. But they can be necessary to guide us, necessary to help us grow. 
And Jesus, as a good shepherd, he's going to lead, he's going to provide, but he loves us enough, he will correct. Finally, this morning, Jesus, as the good shepherd, protects. He protects his sheep. We were reading in in John chapter 10, and and it gave this picture as as Jesus was, was speaking about a sheep pen with a door, basically one way in and one way out. It's been said that many times shepherds would lie across that opening. I mean, basically covering up that opening, covering up that gate, covering up that entrance, and maybe sleep there all night to make sure everything was good, everything was as it needed to be, keep anything from getting out as his sheep and keep anything else from coming in. There's that sense of of protection, fierce protection to the sheep and to the flock. Only sheep from his flock who knew his voice would come and find safety. They would be drawn to him as the shepherd. See, you and I, we're, we're in some danger. If we're choosing not to be a part of his flock, if we're choosing not to surrender our heart and our life to him, we're putting ourselves at risk. We're putting ourselves at danger. He, as the good shepherd, is out to protect you and I. In fact, what did Jesus say in John chapter 10? Not only is he the good shepherd, he says he is willing and he is laying down his life for the sheep. That's the kind of shepherd that you want in your life. Someone who's willing to go all the way to give up his life for you. Because elsewhere, what we read is that the enemy prowls like a roaring lion seeking who he might devour. A lot of different enemies of the flock, enemies of the sheep in this scattered times, biblical days. A lot of animals would would maybe like to, to grab one of those sheep and have breakfast, lunch, and dinner and fourth meal. That shepherd is out to protect. That shepherd is out to to, to have a sense of guidance and protection around that that flock of sheep. David wrote, we covered it a few weeks ago. He said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There's protection there. That rod, that staff. The shepherd is there to protect the sheep. And that's what Jesus is saying here in John chapter 10. Sheep can tend to wander. Now I know, I know you and I, we're we're a different breed of sheep, right? We would never do that. We would never, never do that. We We would never kind of stray and go our own direction. Those are some other people down the street. Those are some other people in some other city or town or village, right? Unfortunately, no. Sometimes the challenge is we can stray and go our own way. The Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Sometimes we wander. Sometimes we're not always tuned into his voice. Sometimes we're not always listening to him and doing our own things. Sometimes we're disobeying and sinning. The good news is that his arms... 
Good Shepherd's arms are wide open and ready to receive us, ready to welcome us as a part of the fold, as a part of the flock. It's good news. Jesus was willing to die in our place. David in Psalm 23 says, the Lord is my shepherd. And then Jesus in John chapter 10 says, I am the good shepherd. He leads, he provides, he corrects, and he protects. Favorite story I read is about a famous actor. A number of years ago was once the guest of honor at a social gathering. He received many requests then to recite favorite excerpts from some various literary works. An old preacher was amongst the audience and, and he raised his hand and he asked if the actor would recite Psalm 23. The actor agreed on the condition that the preacher would recite it as well. So the actor stood and, and began to recite the words of this very famous and well-known, and as we've gone through it verse by verse by verse, very well-known Psalm 23. It was everything you would expect from a polished thespian. His phrases were elegant. His voice rose and fell to give each thought proper emphasis. And when he finished, the crowd broke into a rather lengthy round of applause. Then the old preacher rose. His voice was rough and broken from many years of preaching. His diction was anything but polished. But when he finished Psalm 23, there was not a dry I in the room. Later, someone came up to that established actor and very meekly asked, what was the difference? Here's what the actor said. He replied, I know the psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Let me ask you this morning, do you know the shepherd. It's not what you know. It's not how much of it you know. There's a lot from God's word that we can know and know about, but it's who you know. Do you know the shepherd? The shepherd. 